Welcome to Potential Church. Steph and I are spending some time with my father. We had a 12-hour surgery. We appreciate your prayers. But I just wanted to say thank you. In just a moment, Pastor Brian's going to be coming out. He's been here for almost two decades. He's starting to get a little bit old. But he has had an incredible impact in the sense that he served in a lot of different ministries along the way. You're watching me through the technology of a camera. Well, he started that. So when he comes out in just a few moments, give him some encouragement. Ministry can sometimes be lonely, and I know that it'll make a huge difference. The other thing I wanted to mention is beach baptism. It's so easy to kind of take it for granted, but we are having the great American baptism party. Right? I feel like I ought to be president or something. The Great American Baptism Party. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have fun. We're going to play games. We're going to have something to eat. I hope you'll come. If you've never stepped into the water, don't wait. Be obedient. God's got some incredible things on the other side of your obedience. And if you have, why not come and hang out? You might be encouraged or maybe even something more special. God might use you to encourage somebody else. So it is an amazing summer. I'm excited to have Pastor Brian and of course his wife, Mindy. And thanks again for being here this weekend. As we continue our series, subscribe. Thanks for being here. Thanks for making this part of your weekend. I want to welcome all of our campuses. Glad you're here as well. My name is Brian Vassell. Thank you, Pastor, for that great introduction. Uh, I'm not old enough to have been here for decades. I have been here uh, 20, let's see, 21 years now, and I've been on the staff for 19. And what, a, what an incredible blessing it's been every second. And I want to say thank you again. Uh, great, great weekend you picked to be here. We're in a new series called Subscribe. We kicked it off last week. Pastor Troy talked about one of our ethos, which is environment, what we value, and I hope you got a chance to catch that. If you didn't, it's on our app. Now, before I get into today's uh, talk, I want to make sure that you hear this great news. They've given me this opportunity to share with you something extraordinarily special. How many of you have friends or family in Puerto Rico? Friends or family in Puerto Rico, several of us, all of our campuses. I, I want to be able, to, I want to tell you today, for the very first time this weekend, TroyGramming.com, our TV ministry, will be broadcast for the very first time in Puerto Rico, which is very cool. They get a chance to connect there, so that's awesome. And, and on top of that, even more good news, we're being broadcast for the very first time in Pensacola. So two new places, yeah, grand applause, all of our friends in Pensacola. You guys get a chance to, to share the church with your friends and uh, invite them to one of our, our campuses. Man, we're excited about this. I want to say before we go any further, just a genuine heartfelt thank you. Thank you. Your generosity 
all of our temple centurions who gave above and beyond their, their, their tithes and offerings. And you make this possible. And I, I really believe with my whole heart that one day we'll be sitting at that cracker barrel in heaven. But there's got to be a cracker barrel in heaven, right? We're on the porch of the cracker barrel in heaven. And somebody's going to walk up to you and say, thank you. You don't know who I am. But because of your generosity, because you reached beyond your comfort levels in giving. And you say, I want to I put TV in places where it's not. And bring the, bring the church to where it's not. That they're in heaven because of your generosity. And to me, that, that's, that's amazing. What more could you give your time to, your, your treasure to? It's such an awesome opportunity God's given us to, to reach the world. So thank you. Um, we're in a series called Subscribe. I hope you subscribe to Pastor Troy's vlog. It is, uh, it is awesome. It's awesome to be able to hear from his heart. He shares all kinds of stuff. If you think a pastor goes home and prays and studies and, and floats above the ground or glows or whatever you think a pastor does in their own time, watch his vlog. I promise you, after one of them, you'll realize that we're just normal, everyday people that uh, do some really cool stuff. So I want to give you the opportunity. Make sure you go on YouTube and check it out. Subscribe to that, to that vlog. We'll tell you we're talking about ethos number two, something we hope that you can subscribe to. Ethos are our values here at Potential Church. And today we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, diversity. One of our values here at Potential Church is diversity. Now, I want to read you the definition. This is right off of our website. Here's how Potential Church defines diversity. Having people who are different races, different cultures, different ages, speak different languages, different life stages, different sexes, empowered and represented in every context. This is our heartbeat as a church. It's not just something we say, we want to be a diverse church. We want to have people from all over the place. We really mean this, from the people we put on our video screens and the stage, to people in the lobby, to people on our teams that are hired as part of the staff. Diversity is part of our DNA. It's woven in. It's not something we give lip service to. We really, truly want to have a diverse church. But there's another definition for diversity. It's there in your outline. All of you guys online as well, there's a little note part there. You can read along with us on our app as well. It says, the condition of having or being composed of differing elements. This is right out of the dictionary. Variety. Circle that word variety if you would. The inclusion of different types of people. Circle the word inclusion. That's an important word. The inclusion of different types of people, such as people of different races or cultures in a group or organization. A lot of big words there. A lot of important ones like inclusion, variety, different people. We're going to talk about a lot of those words today and how they can help us appreciate and subscribe to diversity. You know, I did a lot of research about diversity and I kept coming up with the same uh, word time and time again. The word was tolerance. I'd read these websites. We are racially tolerant. We are gender tolerant. We are ethnically tolerant. I thought, tolerance. Now, that's an interesting word. Because when I think of the word tolerance, I think I'm tolerant of the weather in South Florida. Right? It's hot down here, isn't it? Now, you guys are friends in Peru. It's the winter. So I've asked to be transferred for the summer there. Enjoy the winter and come back. But anyway, we, we're toler I'm, I'm tolerant of my wife asking me to put the seat back down in the bathroom when I'm done. I'm tolerant. But tolerance is such a weak word, isn't it? I'm tolerant of other races. I'm tolerant of other genders. I'm tolerant of the people of different age groups. Tolerance is way too weak of a word. I put this in your notes, if you would. Please fill it in. Diversity isn't meant to be tolerated. It's meant it should be celebrated. The differences between you and I aren't supposed to be put up with. Celebrated. God made us all unique and different. And I love that. Not to be put up with, but to celebrate. Other cultures, other people at other 
parts of their lives, different life stages. Maybe people that are older, people that are younger. Not tolerate them, but celebrate them. I wrote this in my notes. Tolerance isn't enough. Christ wants us to celebrate those differences and come together to change the world. Not tolerance, celebration. People that are different. You know what else I discovered? Let, let's do a little experiment. I love doing this. On your, on your notes, all of our campuses, there's a little scale, 1 to 10. Do me a favor. Circle the number that think you think best represents you. 1 means you're totally normal. Okay? You are the vanilla ice cream of the group. The plain Jane, normal. You are normal. Everybody go ahead and do this. It's not, I'm not going to look at it, I promise. 1 means you're totally normal. 10, oh, 10s. You are the Mickey Mouse hat in public like me wearing people that don't care what anybody thinks. You're just way on the outside fringe. So one means you're normal, ten means you're different. Circle one of those if you would. Just pick which one you are. Again, and maybe you're in between somewhere. One is totally normal, ten is interesting. Which one are you? Now I would guess without looking at your answers, most of you probably circled a three, a four, or a five. Because that's what the research showed me this week. Most people don't think they're normal. Or excuse me, most people don't think they're different. Everybody thinks they're kind of normal. Right? You're all normal. This whole section right here, you guys are all normal. Pensacola, you guys are normal. We just don't want to admit that we're different. But you know, I, I want to prove to you, everybody here today, all of our campuses, everybody is not normal. You're different. Look down your rows. Good grief. Look at the people around you. They're different than you are, aren't they? Now, we're only going by appearance, right? They look differently than we do. The fact is, please fill this in. All of us in this room, all of us at all of our campuses and online, all of us are different to somebody. Did you know that? Somebody wouldn't wear the clothes you wore today. In fact, they wouldn't be caught dead in them, right? Some people like asparagus. Some people think it tastes like wet socks. Some people have a lot of money. Some don't. Some people parent well, and some people look at the way they're parenting and go, I would never parent my child like that. Everybody in the room, everybody in the sound of my voice is different to somebody else. So is there even a normal? I don't know. Everybody in the room today is different. In fact, do, do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and tell them, you are different. Go ahead. Some of you guys got a little aggressive. You are so different. <laughs> And by the way, now turn to the same neighbor and say, but that's okay. That's okay. Validate them, right? They're going to lose sleep over that. It's okay. You're different. It's okay. That's why there's 31 flavors at the ice cream parlor. If everybody were rum raisin, life would be boring, right? There's, everybody is different. Everybody's different. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize this till my very first year in school. Remember when you were in school, the, you get, go through, you get a new teacher, you get new school supplies, new folders. And you know when I found out I was different? My favorite period of the day. Lunch. And I grabbed my Land of the Lost lunchbox, and I sat at a very small table like this one. And I looked around. And I went to unpack my lunchbox and eat my sandwich, which was peanut butter and banana, that's what I liked. And took out my snack pack and my nutty bar and everything else my mom had packed for me. And you know what I realized about lunch? Not everybody eats what I eat. And then I looked around the table and I realized not everybody looks how I look. And my parents had told me, don't worry, Brian, it's going to be okay when you get to school. They're all going to be just like you. <laughs> They're not. 
There were people, of, there were kids in that room that had darker skin than me, kids that had lighter skin than me, kids that spoke languages I didn't even understand, kids that ate, like, hot food for lunch. I ate cold sandwiches. But I'm through that. Redheads, troublemakers, jocks, non-jocks, geeks, you name it, they were in the lunchroom, and I'd never seen them before. And boy, my whole head, my, my whole world expanded. I realized for the first time that I was different, and they were different too, and that I was part of a much, much bigger world than I'd ever been in before. And I had a choice to make that day. Reject those that are different or get to know them and get involved in their lives. Boy, I'm so glad I chose that second one. I chose that day. If they're different than I am, it's cool. Let's be friends anyway. Let's get to know each other. And that decision way back then changed my life. That's what we're going to talk about today. How do we deal with people that are different than we are? How do we get along with them? Not just get along, not just tolerate difference, but celebrate it. Maybe today some of us in this room or one of our campuses, maybe you've just been tolerating those that are different. Maybe you've been avoiding them. People that are different frighten you for some reason or another. I don't know what it is, but today we're going to talk about how to celebrate and get along with those that are different than we are. So I want to invite you to fill this in all of our campuses, number one. Here's how to do that. Number one, don't sit at the same table every day. Don't sit at the same table every day in the lunchroom. You know, it would have been much easier if I could have just sat at the same table. Now, we, had, we could sit wherever we wanted in lunch. But every day I come to the same place with my same friends every day. And we could just sit around and talk about Star Wars. That's what we were all into. Like, what was the number of the docking bay when, uh, when, when, when Obi-Wan was trying to hire Han and Chewie? And he was in, ta you know, he was in the, the cantina. And he said, meet me in docking bay number what? Anybody? It's just like school again. Nobody else understands me. It's fine. <laughs> All by myself. It's 94, but you should know that. Now, somebody over here knew it, and you were just not saying it. You put me out in a weird spot. But I could have sat around the same people and talked about the same things. Why? Because I was comfortable around them. They got me. They understood me. But what a boring lunch that would have become. Some of us live very boring, one-note lives. Because we just don't want to pick up our lunches and sit at a different table for once. Man, I'm so glad I did that. You know what I, I would have missed out on? I would have missed out on everything if I hadn't picked different tables to sit at. We've got to choose to sit at different tables. I needed to hear about different viewpoints and different cultures. Different ways of problem solving. Different ways of thinking. That was important. You know what I, you know what I heard at the nerdy table? Nerdy things. Boy, I'm so glad I picked a different table. I mean, I love my friends and all, but I got to make new friends that were different. And they expanded my palate, my horizon, my opened my eyes. Wow. The world works differently than I thought. God had this in, in mind too. I put a verse there in your outline, Genesis chapter 11. Now what's happened here, after the flood, God's people have decided to build a tower. And they want to build a tower so tall it can almost reach God. They called it the Tower of Babel. And God says, okay, well, that's not a good idea. Because they were so proud of themselves. They said, we all speak the same language, God. We all have the same customs, God. Look at us. We're all the same. We're all sitting at the same table, God. Isn't that good? And God says, no. Well, let's see what God said. God said in Genesis 11, come, let's go down and confuse the people. With what? 
different languages. Let's mix it up here. Then they won't be able to understand each other. What? In that way, the Lord, what? He scattered them all over the world. They stopped building the city. God says, no, 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 no. It's not about same. You want to be effective? You want to grow? It's not about the same. It's about embracing difference. It's about being who you need to be and grow and understand others and reach more people in more places. I want you to be diverse, God said. And I love that. So here's the first thing to do. If you would, please fill this in. Put yourself around people that are different than you are. Put yourself around people that are different than you are. Now you're like, okay, of course, that sounds easy. It sounds really easy. But in practice, it can be challenging. Why? Because we're so comfortable talking Star Wars trivia that we forget there's a much bigger world. Put yourself around people. When I was a kid, I told you, I decided to embrace other cultures. My best friend in the world was Chinese Jamaican. Best friend in the world, Greg. And he took me, he promised he was going to take me out with his family one time. We were, I was young. And he was going to take me to a Jamaican jerk festival. I'm going, I mean, I didn't know what it, who a Jamaican jerk was. I thought it was just a nasty Jamaican. I mean, I didn't know what a Jamaican jerk was. I'm like, what is this? What are you, is it going to be a mean people? What it, it's seasoning. Did you all know that? Jerk seasoning. I didn't, know, I didn't know that. I thought it was just a bunch of nasty Jamaicans. But we went there. It was awesome. I never had food like that in my life. I'm like, wow. It's not just bologna and cheese. I, one time I was, I was in the Boy Scouts, and one of our field trips was to go to an assisted living facility or a, a nursing home, and I got to call bingo for people 65 and over. That was awesome. And they would come up to me and they go, young man, you don't know how easy you have it. Over and over again, right? But man, they would talk to me about some things they'd done in their lives, and I grew from, I gained all that wisdom because I put myself where they were. One time I did a wedding for a Latin family. Did, did you know such thing as Latin time? Did you know that? <laughs> that when they put in a time on the invitation, it's not, I mean, it's suggested. It's kind of like 3 p.m. start means like 7.30, and you're like, uh, you know, Latin time, Latin time, right? I didn't know that, but wow, Latin time. I know now. When I do Latin weddings, I said, I know your invitation says 4, so I'll be there at 7.30, right? <laughs> put yourself where they are. Expand your horizons. Be intentional about it. Please fill that in if you would. Put yourself around people that are different than you are, and then below that, celebrating differences should be intentional. You've got to choose to do it. You've got to choose to do it. My best friends growing up were, of course, Greg, who was Chinese-Jamaican. Uh, I had a great friend who was Jewish. I had another friend who was, you know, a full-blooded Italian. I was raised Italian. You know, I, I'd made that choice early. I sat at as many different tables as I could. And wow, my life got better as a result. Celebrating differences should be intentional. So step into their lives. Here's number two. The second way to get along with or to celebrate or to, you know, become more diverse in your life, don't let tradition, notice the quotes, don't let tradition determine your position. Don't let tradition determine your position. Now, when I was in school, I don't know if it's changed much uh, since then, but you ever been in, in, a, in a lunchroom where they have like, these are the cool kids table, and this is the cheerleader table, and this is the nerd table, and the band table, and they, you, now nobody has a seating chart that says that, but you just kind of know it. You always knew if there was a new kid in school because they'd grab their lunchbox, and they'd walk into the lunchroom and have no idea where to go. Where do I fit in? Which section do I sit in? Do I sit, I look like I look kind of like them, but they're kind of hanging out with the cheerleaders, so I'm not a jock. So, 
all these unspoken rules. I think in our lives, we live by a lot of unspoken rules. Places that people have put us or put groups of people that are not expressly said, but implied. Kind of an unspoken rule of thumb. For example, you only have that level of education, this is all you're ever going to become. Sit there. Oh, that's the color of your skin? Well, you're never going to matter. You're not going to... So you sit right there. Oh, well, that, that's, that's how much money you make? You sit over here. Someone's told us lies. Someone's put us in seats. Someone's given us a seating chart. And if we're not careful, after a while, we start believing that. This is all I'm ever going to amount to because I'm a woman. I have white skin, so this is all I can ever do. And if we're not careful, we start following a seating chart that somebody else made. That's not the way the world should work. We've got to be careful and not believe those kinds of things. Maybe you were raised by racist parents that convinced you to fear another person's skin color. You don't have to live like that now. You decide where to sit. Don't let anybody tell you the seating chart. You decide what to believe about people. It's gone on too long. And unfortunately, sometimes if we start believing those things, we start rejecting wonderful people. Because somebody's told us how to think about them. Or maybe somebody's told us how to think about ourselves. And we've picked the table. Thoughts are powerful. The way we think about ourselves is powerful. Look at this verse in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Be careful how you what? Circle that if you would. Be careful how you think. Why? Because your life is shaped by your thoughts. How we think is how we live. What table has your thought life led you to? Fearing other people? Thinking you're only going to amount to whatever? What table are you putting yourself at because of somebody else's thought they've put in your head? I'm here to tell you that you are not limited by your race, your gender, your economics, your education. You are a son or daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, created for greatness by him. You are, as Ephesians tells us, the greatest work he's ever done. Don't let anyone tell you where to sit. Don't let anyone tell you where you can't sit. Get out there and live. These unspoken things we have in our society that tell us that we're limited by something. It's tragic. Because some of us have put ourselves at the table and say, well, I'm never going to get out of here. You pick where you sit. Don't let the world tell you. Two things to understand. Please fill this in. We have to know who you are. You have to know who you are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. As I said before, Christ made you extraordinarily. Look at you. You say, I don't have any skills. You got, you got mad skills with a Z. I can use a Z because I'm from the street. It's true. You're extraordinary. I, I don't know what you saw when you looked in the mirror when you came here today. I, you might have looked at somebody who's broken and busted and hasn't done a lot with their life. Let me just tell you, God doesn't see you that way. God has not put you in the table of failure forever. God says, there's a big open cafeteria. Sit where you want. You're mine. I made you special. And you're destined for greatness. So you have to know who you are in Christ. Look at the second part of this. Get to know other people yourself. Please fill that in. Get to know other people yourself. Don't let any website or book or parent tell you about how other cultures are. Get to know them yourself. 
I was taught at an early age by some of my earliest influences to fear certain groups of people. You know what I discovered when I got involved in those groups of people and got to know the people? They're amazing. They're the most beautiful, wonderful groups of people in the world. And I would have missed out if I'd have just, if I'd have followed the seating chart from my tradition, from the past, from my influences. You have to get to know other people yourself. Celebrating differences should be personal. Please fill that in. Celebrating differences should be personal. You choose where to sit. I have a lot of friends who are older than I am. I know it's hard to believe, Pastor, you're so old, but I have people that are older than me, and I love them. You know why I love them? First of all, they're amazing people. But secondly, they know where all the trip mines are. They can tell me how to get around challenges and problems, and I don't have to all make all my own mistakes because they've already lived a lot of their lives, and they're saying, hey, I love you enough to tell you and share with you. Now, I have two choices to make. Dismiss them as old and irrelevant or hear what they have to say and have a better life because of it. Man, embrace diversity. We can learn and grow from anyone. Don't ever reject somebody based on something arbitrary. A lot of people think men are better than women. The sexist idea that somehow men have become more superior in so many, that's not true. My wife runs circles around me in so many areas of my life. She really does. I'm so glad. Her skill set, she, she's amazing. Every bit my equal. But maybe we were raised in, a, in an environment where, nope, the man, or maybe the woman, is the stronger of the pair. you got to choose. It has to be intentional. Make it personal and educational and learn from it. And here's number three. Please write this down. Don't sit at the table to change it. Don't sit at the table to change it. My last story of the lunchroom, I was... Um, one day, it was in middle school, I kind of still carried a lunchbox because that was what I did. And um, I was, it, I, I think I shared this with you last time I taught, I used to know how to do the Rubik's Cube really, really well. And I finally figured out how to solve it. So I had the brilliant idea one time to go to the table with all the football players and bring my Rubik's Cube. And I was going to show them how I solved it. And here's, in my head, this, was, this played out so well. Because I was going to show them how to solve it. You know what they were all going to do? They were going to rise to their feet and say, where can I get me a Rubik's Cube? Show me how to do it, oh great sensei. And they were going to get Rubik's Cubes, and they were going to solve the Rubik's Cube just like me. And I was kind of converted the whole table to be me, a victory for all of nerd kind. I would be the grand poobah of geeks. I was so happy. I was going to, now let me just assure you, it did not happen that way. I brought my Rubik's Cube over, and I showed them, and they, they laughed at me. That's sad. I had to take the 20-yard walk of shame back to my table, you know, it's like, Sorry to bother you guys. And then I figured it out halfway back. The goal of me sitting with the jocks wasn't for them to, to, me, to make them more like me. The goal of me sitting at their table should have been for me to learn from them. But so many times we want to change those that are different into us. Because we've convinced ourselves that the world would be a heck of a lot easier if everybody acted like me. And we look for people that are different and we try to convert them. How many of you in the room are married to somebody different than you? Raise your hand. I don't mean personality-wise. Obviously, you're not married to yourself, right? All of us, raise your hand high. Married to somebody different than you. You thought you were going to change them, didn't you? Come on. Confess. It's okay. It's fine. It's cleansing. All of us thought, man, they're annoying, but I'm going to marry them. And in, that, in the marriage part of it, I'm going to convert them. They'll start doing what I want them to do. How's that working out? <laughs> it's easier just to take your head, bang it against the wall a few times, and stop, right? It doesn't work. The goal isn't to make them more like us. 
The goal is to see how they're different and see what we can learn from them. Now, I don't mean with your faith. Obviously, if you're sharing your faith and they don't have the same faith you do, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to share our faith, share our story, right? We're supposed to help them understand and accept Christ. On, you know, that, that's aside. I'm talking about all the other stuff. The goal isn't to make them more like me. My goal is not to make my wife me. My goal is to learn from her. So I don't want to sit at the table to, to change it. Too many times we get critical. We stop listening. We start trying to make changes in who they are. Look at this scripture I found in Romans. Paul's writing a letter to the church in, in, in Rome, and he says this. So let's agree to use all of our energy in what? Getting along. All of us says getting along with each other. Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. Huge verse. Paul says use encouraging words. Don't drag people down. Build them up. Get to know them. Learn from them. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Be their partner. Not their trainer. How are they different? How can I learn from them? Got to stop being critical and start listening. I put this in your notes. Remember that your way, here, before I give you the fill-in, I'm going to tell you, this is a tough one to fill in. You can probably already guessed it. Remember that your way isn't the only way. Wow, kaboom. I'm going to take a drink. Got to recuperate. Your way isn't the only way. There are more than one way to do what you think you're great at. Me too. Wow. So I should learn from other people? Maybe there's a better way to do it? Yeah. Celebrating differences should be, fill this in, educational. If I'm going to embrace the cultures of others, I want to celebrate the differences of other people, I need to be in the process of learning from them, not trying to make them me. Huge truth. Now, those are three quick ways to celebrate the differences. And I want to wrap up our time together today with a, um, with a final thought. As I researched through this diversity piece, and I really tried to understand diversity better, I kept coming across a common theme. Now, um, some of you know, some of you don't know, about eight weeks ago, I lost my mom. She passed away unexpectedly just, just, just shy of eight weeks ago. And uh, as you go through somebody's stuff, you find things. And it's strange to do that. It's strange to be in someone's home, even if it's your mom. And um, I was looking through some stuff, and I found this, this blanket. And I remember when she made it. She was a crocheter, a craft person. And she crocheted this blanket... Which, what she said was scrap yarn. I guess she couldn't choose a color, so she chose all of them. And I love this blanket. Because as I look at it, I think, man, there's different colors on this thing, and there's different widths and sizes and thicknesses. And, and I looked at it, and I said, wow, that's, what a diverse blanket this is. But it's still one blanket. And I think, you know, when you think about heaven... I think heaven's a lot like this blanket. There's not a high economic side and a low economic side. There's not a dark skin and light skin side. There's not an American and non-American side. There's not a man's side and a woman's side. There's heaven. And as I look around this auditorium today, all of our campuses, I'm sure as well, this is what heaven's going to, a diverse place just like this, 
little taste of heaven here. That's why I love this church so much. Everybody's welcome here. And, you know, and as I did more thoughts about thinking about diversity, I thought, you know, even with all these colors and all these stripes, <laughs> it still has one purpose, doesn't it? To keep me warm. All these colors coming together with one purpose. It's a work of art. You know, God made us the same way. We have one goal. All these colors, all of us, one goal. Please fill this in. It's the, it's the word unity. Unity. Because as much as you study scripture, you find time and time again the Bible tells us that all of us should come together as one. Celebrate how we're different. God made us all so unique. But understand, all of us come together to be more like Christ. Unity. And as I didn't further study and thought, I thought, you know, we're really a lot the same. In fact, fill this in if you would. We are all the same where it matters. We're all the same where it matters. I'm going to prove it to you. Here's the first way we're all the same. No matter what your economic background, your skin type, your education, your bank account, all of us are the same in three ways. Number one, we are all God's best work. You are all the best God can do. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's what? Masterpiece, the best he can do. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Folks, you are the best God can do. Number two, we all have the same purpose. All of us have the same purpose. Now, I get asked that all the time. Pastor, what am I supposed to do in my life? What is God's purpose for my life? Let me give you a big piece of it. Matthew 28. All of us, this is our purpose. Therefore, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says to teach these new disciples, these new students, these new converts to obey all the commands I have given you. Jesus says our mission, our purpose, all of us, regardless of anything, is to get out there and share your story, share your faith, and help people find Jesus Christ. Regardless of race, regardless of background, regardless of your history or your, all the things that have gone on in your life, this is our purpose, the same one for all. And here's the last one. We are all one in Christ. Sometimes I feel alone, don't you? But it's awesome to know that even at my, when I feel the loneliest, I have brothers and sisters around the world that are in my family. Doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter where they come from. If they're believers in Christ, they are part of the family of God. I want to challenge you as we wrap today. First, see yourself as teammates, not adversaries. Look down your row, look behind you, look in your workplace, look in your classroom. See those people that are around you that are different than you. Don't see them as strange. They're teammates, and they're a lot more like you than you could ever imagine. Second thing, you decide where to sit in life. Don't let anybody tell you different. Don't let anybody define what you're capable of. Don't let anybody tell you where to sit. Don't let anybody tell you what your, your age group, your ethnicity, your income. Don't let anybody limit you. You decide your seating charts. And then this. Spend some time this week trying to understand others, not change them. Are people perfect? No. Let God change their heart. But ask God, what is it about this person that I could learn to become a better person on my own? I promise you, if you can do these things, 
you will see the world through totally different lenses. I hope, I hope that diversity is something that you can subscribe to. It is in our values as a church. It is what we believe wholeheartedly, and it will make you a better person. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for making us all so differently. For putting us in a place, God, that celebrates diversity, celebrates our differences, but yet all comes together in unity. And we know, God, our best days are ahead. I ask that you would just help us in our heart to make that early choice of reaching out, not rejecting, of embracing the different, not distrusting them. And to realize, Father, that although we're different to somebody, that, God, we all have one purpose, and that's to bring you glory. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for this wonderful, colorful, beautiful world. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand today if you would. <clears throat>